Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. Here we go. All right. So welcome to the real deal on, and today we have a special guest, Mr. Nitsan Mosery has been involved in real estate for the past 20 years and currently owns many properties nationally and worldwide. While living in New York, Mr. Mosery owned a construction company and applied his knowledge in the construction field, working on numerous single-family homes, multifamily and commercial projects, up to 300 units. Since moving to South Florida in 2009, Mr. Mosery became a licensed real estate professional and is extensively involved in South Florida market. Mr. Mosery owns Keen, K-E-A-N, Realty Solutions, a Florida-based real estate brokerage firm and one of the first sole commercial REMAX franchises in South Florida. Mr. Mosery and his team head up the multifamily division. Mr. Mosery is also the owner and CEO of Keen Management Solutions, a hands-on boutique professional management company. Mr. Mosery has had the privilege of working with some of the real estate industry's best on residential as well as commercial property. His background ranges from managing commercial assets, recognizing emerging markets, property management, syndication, mentoring, and advanced creative financing techniques. He's also the founder, founder of the South Florida Mastermind Society, one of South Florida's first commercial real estate investment group. Uh, before Mr. Mosery studied business law and marketing at Pace University, which subsequently allowed him to secure a position at Lehman Brothers, he was a member of the Israeli Defense Force. After leaving Lehman Brothers, Nitsan traveled the world for many years, spending time with foreign dignitaries and His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Awesome. Mr. Mosery is the host of the acclaimed The Traveling Investor Show, I mean, radio show and podcast on W4CY.com every Thursday live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, which I have been uh, privileged enough to be a guest on. So thank you. And um, so welcome to our opportunity to help spread the love, spread the light, and share successful strategies. Um, it's no secret that right now we are in some interesting times and uh, people are concerned about what's going to happen in their, their markets. And just how are you feeling about uh, the multifamily real estate market and, and where you've been living? How's, what's been working for you? What have you had to change? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Doug. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege and an honor and I, and I appreciate everything that uh, you and your wife are doing to help everyone uh, move to the next level. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, multifamily, <clears throat> why did I get into multifamily rather than office buildings or, you know, warehousing or, you know, any, anything of that nature is because it doesn't matter in a good time or in a bad time, everybody needs a place to live. Uh, if, you're, if you're buying correctly in a, in with, with very conservative ideas and conservative numbers, you should be able to ride out any downturn or any time that the market will go sideways or any hiccup that you have. Uh, so, yeah, so we're still, you know, we're still acquiring. 
There's a, a lot of uh, uncertainty in the market right now. There's a lot of questions because we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. Right. So we don't really know how to handle it. We don't know how the how the market is going to handle it, how the tenants are going to handle. Uh, we, we're not, there's a lot of questions. Right. Uh, but right now what we're doing to maintain and to preserve our assets is we're working very closely with our tenants. That's the way you can always make sure to maintain the quality of your property is by making sure the residents that are living on site are doing well, you're taking care of them, you're giving them options as well. And, and not only that, but on top of that, we're also communicating with our investors constantly, letting them know what's happening on the property, where we're going, and what, what's, what's happening. I'm also constantly you know, talking to people in the capital markets division, in the mortgage industry and whatnot, to see what Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac are doing when it comes to all the different reserves and, and what they need when you're buying a new property. So there's a lot of uncertainty going on, but it, it's, it's interesting, right? It's interesting. But doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, right? 100%. And when you've been working with your, uh, the tenants, how many have been in need or do you see that coming? Because that's also like there's a, they talked about flattening the curve in the hospitals. Well, there's going to be another curve that we may be concerned about. How has that uh, impacted you as far as the, your tenants? And, and do you have a I know when you purchased, because I was uh, looking at one, and unfortunately we weren't able to get involved, but um, that project was in a fantastic growing area. Did this impact the, the growth or the, the expansion that was happening there? That's funny, because the growth in the actual cities have not really slowed down. Um, the markets that we're looking at are markets in the southeast of the U.S., warmer climates, uh, better tax havens for people, um, a lot of growth from industry, other industries. Uh, uh, for example, like right now, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you can see behind me, I'm like in the woods. I'm in my uh, uh, tiny cabin home resort outside of Charlotte. And Charlotte is a booming economy, it's a booming market. But we walked the streets of Charlotte the other day and there's nobody on the streets. However, when you look at the cranes, the building cranes, in one block, there's maybe four or five cranes that are still working. So it's really hard to, to figure out what's going on, right? So economies are still booming. People are moving, you know, now, especially with the fact that, you know, taxes are super high, for example, up in New York, in the state of New York, and that and the fact that it got hit the hardest with the pandemic, and they're thinking of staying closed until August. So people are getting, you know, tense, and they're getting uptight, and they don't understand why they have to be in this situation. So they're looking to move to friendlier places. Mm -hmm. And the Southeast is a lot friendlier than, than the Northeast with, with a lot of reasons, right? Weather, um, you know, just the quality of life, uh, the tax havens, as I said, you know, I live in Florida. So, you know, just yep. like you, we don't pay state income tax, right? It's a great yeah, thing. I, right? A lot of people have moved here for that reason alone. And that's before all of this happened. Right. Uh, but this is, you know, those, those states that have that, that, uh, you know, I believe the smart way to do it because obviously it's working. Um, you know, the, so that aside, the, it's half the people down here from the Northeast anyway. So it feels like home. Right. We're both from New York. Well, I mean, you're originally from Israel, but same, you know, like it's, it's great down here. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we're, we have different properties in different locations in different cities and they're getting hit differently. So two, let's say, you know, right now we have three properties. So we have three properties outside of the Atlanta area. Uh, one of those properties was almost vacant before we went into this pandemic. So we were, we were in, you know, going and occupying the property and then this hit, so that slowed down. But what was amazing was, uh, we were able to continue leasing up with people who have jobs, uh, during the pandemic, during the closure, during the quarantine. We have another property that was doing great before the quarantine. But because we have elderly people in there that have been living there for 10, 15 years, we actually had some, you know, some Chinese uh, workers that actually legally on, on visas came over from China that were living on our property that they either had to go back to China, they got sick, or they stopped bringing them to our property. So with all that happening, uh, one of our properties got hit a little bit harder than the others. So it's, it, it varies on, on, on who is your demographic of residents in that property and whatnot. But like I said, we're, we're helping everyone, right? Depending on, you know, if you, you know, we can do, uh, payment plans, right? We can, what we're doing also is we're giving a list of who is now hiring, right? There's a lot of people now because industries have shifted. There's more, popularity for certain industries now during the pandemic, the quarantine and whatnot that need employees that need workers, right? Uh, Lowe's, for example, huge uh, employee they need. Home Depot, they also need people because people are staying home. Where are they going? Oh, I got to take care of the fence. I got a little sheetrock I got to do. Let me paint the wall. Right, right. It's a perfect time. So, you know, uh, uh, delivery dudes, for example, Chipotle, for example, right? All these places need people to work. But if you're sitting at home and you're a tenant or a resident and you just got laid off, your mindset is probably not the best going, oh, my God, who can I look? Let me research. Let me this. So us as, as property managers, as owners, it, it's, you know, we incentivize our tenants also here. Here's a list of places to go get work. Don't tell me that there isn't, right? Go out and hustle and go do it because, yes, Time suck right now for certain people, but we still have to pay rent. We still have our mortgages to pay. We got to pay the utility bills. We got to pay everything. If not, they close us down, and then everybody in our property loses. Right? So it's well, it's, it's been tricky waters. That's that's brilliant because a that just shows your heart. Like I, I being that I know you, I know you as a person, and and you're just extraordinary, just big hearted, giving, loving <laughs> person, you. and and you're obviously brilliant. And the fact that you're helping your, your tenants with that, but also it does, the, the secondary gain, it does kind of like you just shared, put them a little bit on notice. Like, hey, we know what's going on over there too. Like you can't hide and say that, oh, you know, we're, we're not going to do it. And that's, right. you know, it's a secondary gain. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's your motivation. I, I do believe in your heart that it's you want to help them. It just, it does oh, create absolutely. accountability. So Absolutely. how have you managed your state? Like how, when this first started to happen, what were some of the, the emotions that came up for you when, you know, like you just started noticing kind of the craziness? So when, you know, when, when it hits and they start calling for quarantine and shutting down businesses, you know, everyone in the industry that I know that owns properties that is buying, we're all kind of looking left, looking like, right, what's going on? What do we do? Oh my God. So it's funny. So my coaching clients were calling me. 
I was calling my mentors. They're calling their mentors because nobody's ever seen anything like this. Like, what do we do? What do we do? How do we handle it? So, you know, I, I, I have my, um, I don't know if I can say it here, my oh shit rule. <laughs> but yeah. when things go, when things go bad, you have, you're allowed to say three times. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. And then you're like, okay, you know what? I freaked out. Now it's time to get back to business. What's going to happen? Where, you know, you got to look and, and, and you got to assess the situation, right? You got to look at the worst case scenario and then you got to work from there, right? So that's kind of what, what, what we did. We said, all right, what's going to happen? What happens if we, if we um, lose 50% occupancy or lose 50% of the income? How are we going to handle that? What are we going to do? Where can we look to, to find more money? You know, so you, you start looking at, okay, what's the situation that we're in? And then you got to switch that mindset from the problem mind because the, 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 the mind that creates the problem cannot create the solution. Mm. So you got to switch, right? You got to say, okay, you know what? Holy shit. Shit's going to hit the fan. It's going to hit the fan hard. Okay. Now we, we know what's going to happen. How are we going to assess it? How are we going to work through it? How are we going to tighten the sails and ride through this storm? And having amazing partners and having people that you can bounce ideas off of and whatnot is, is really crucial. And we just came up with, a, with an incredible game plan, great team, and we're just moving forward step by step, looking to see what is going on in the market, what's going on here, what's going on there. Do we have to adjust a little bit on the rent prices to help people to bring them in so that we're occupied at least? What do we have to do? So we went out, we, we created a checklist, we created sort of a punch list of things that we needed to look at, things that we needed to do what financial um, institutions can help us. You know, we filled out all the um, economic uh, income disaster, the EIDL, the PPP. Uh, We got the PPP for our hotel, uh, which, so for example, you know, we have also a hotel, right? We're not, uh, our core business is multifamily, but sometimes when an opportunity comes your way, you got to look at it and say, you know what? We got to jump on it. So this hotel came to us. It was a great opportunity. Uh, and as we all know, the the hospitality industry was hit enormously, right? Yeah. So what do you do, right? Do you sit there and, and, and roll up in a ball and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't believe this. And you put your head in the ground hoping that everything just flies by you and you don't get affected. That's not the best solution, right? You got to be proactive. So what do we do? So our hotel is in Memphis, for example. So we went to the mayor, to the city, to the uh, general of the National Reserves who is in Memphis. And we said, hey, look, we have an industrial kitchen. We have this, we have this, we have this, we have rooms. We have industrial laundry facilities. Use us. We're here, we're available. So they started bringing people that were losing their homes, that were homeless, that, were, that needed help, that were getting price gouged by other places, right, which, which is, is, is horrible, right? That's just horrible to do in a situation like this. And anybody who does that should be going out of business and probably should be put in jail. Uh, so they were price gouging these, these people who had nothing. So the city moved them to us. So while hotels were being shut down, we were still producing income. Now, mind you, it wasn't the income that we were used to at the hotel, but at least it was something so that we could pay the mortgage pay the taxes, pay the utilities and pay our employees. Well, and also and keep course, the hotel kind of, because the worst thing you could do is just sit. That's when things right. start breaking down. Like it's mm-hmm. so crazy that people forget that when it, when something sits, it doesn't improve over time. It actually gets That's worse. Correct. 
That's right. And, and you know, there's a saying, right, that, you know, the, the, the ultimate question is, what is the most expensive room either on a cruise ship or in a hotel? The empty one. Yep. The empty one. Because you still got to pay tax on that. You still got to pay insurance on that. You got to pay utilities on that. You got to run the air conditioning. You got to clean it. But it's not generating any income, right? At least a room that's generating something is better than nothing. So we went out there, and, and that's what we did. And, and thank God it's worked for the people staying. It's worked for us, and it's been a blessing. Awesome. So while you were doing these shifts, were there any times when it, it wasn't working out and that you had to then go, okay, that's not working. Now we have to try something again. Like how many times did you hit those roadblocks or obstacles? Uh, you know, you, 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 you know, in, as you know, as well, right. You know, when you're in business for yourself, it doesn't matter what, what kind of business you're in. You're always going up against roadblocks, right? right. That's, that's, that's moving forward. <laughs> I wish I wish the road to success was wide open, <laughs> you know, like the Autobahn in Germany where you can go 250 kilometers an hour and yeah. there's nothing standing in front of you. But you know what? Uh, true success doesn't work that way, right? It, it, it's always um, seeing the iceberg in front of you and figuring out, okay, which is the best way to go around it, right? We can't go through it because we'll sink. So do we go right? Do we go left? Do we turn around and go back a little bit and reassess from a a wider perspective. So it's, it, it's happened several times, you know, and, and it continues to happen. It happens also when we're acquiring properties now as well. It's not just with the properties that we own because you would think that sellers would start reducing prices because they want to sell. They're worried. And, and I'm not seeing that yet. Hmm. I'm not seeing prices go down. What I am seeing is that Fannie and Freddie are starting to reduce what I call the COVID escrows. Right, so when this pandemic came out and you wanted to buy or you wanted to refinance, the lender said, okay, instead of us giving you forbearance and instead of, uh, you know, we're doing crazy things and, 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 and you as an owner can get into trouble, why don't you escrow an extra 6, 12, 18, or 24 months of your um, debt service, your mortgage payment, and your, your uh, interest payments, and taxes and insurance? So. You know, for all, for all you real estate people out there and for those who don't know, when you're buying a property, a commercial property, multifamily, office, it doesn't matter, the lender in a, on a normal day wants you to come up with a year reserves of taxes and insurance. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Now we got to come up with those regular, uh, those two regular uh, escrows, and now we got to come on top of that another year to year and a half to two years of extra escrows. Wow. So where you're thinking well, you know what? I could raise a million dollars for this property and give my investors a good return. Now I got to raise a million and a half, a million three, a million four. And just like those empty rooms, that extra money is making, is actually making you lose money because it's sitting in an account at the lender. It's not generating any income. Right. It's, it's generating for the lender. It's not generating anything, right? No, for the the lenders have that. They can, they have access. So they're making money on it. They're making money on it. My investors are making money on it because I got to pay my investors on that money that's sitting there. So, you know, your returns now start diminishing, diminishing, diminishing. You're like, okay, what do you do? So you got to figure out, okay, let's look at some alternative methods of buying. Let's look at, at, at what's another way of doing it, right? So now what we're doing is we're going out to sellers and we're saying, look, if you can handle it, uh, we'll, uh, and, and they have a good loan already on the property, we'll say, look, let us assume your current mortgage. And then you give us a second behind that. You'll hold some, uh, some note, a paper, 
so that, you know, our in is 75%, right? So just like if a lender would give us 75%, we're assuming the, the, the seller's mortgage and they're bumping it up so that they're giving us 75% of the purchase price so that we only have to come in with that extra 25, 30% equity, but we don't have to come up with those extra escrows now because we're not using a lender. Have they so been open getting, to that? Some have, some have, some have decent terms. You know, obviously now if you're going with Fannie and Freddie, you can get interest rates at 3.7%. That's nothing. That's even for dirt. multifamily and even for multifamily, that's, that's dirt money. But with that dirt money, you got to come up with all those huge escrows, right? right? So I would rather maybe get a, you know, get a loan at, you know, assume somebody's loan at 5% interest rate, hold it for a year. Okay. With them giving us a second, hold that for a year until we're out of this stuff, until the escrows go down and, and are diminished. And then you can refinance, right? So you got to always look at these different strategies. And that's why I, I like listening to a podcast like yours and other places and, and whatnot to hear other people's ideas and what they're doing, right? We got to communicate with each other, right? We're a huge community of investors, of, of coaches, of mentors that are, are giving to their clients information that are, that are, you know, we're the ones helping them and guiding them, right? So we need to be in touch. We need to be uh, notified on a daily basis of the different changes of what's going on. And, and, and it does happen on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, and I, what I love that you shared, you know, you being a mentor and a coach, you also have mentors and coaches and that relationship of, you know, exemplar leadership and exemplar and, and just showing that there are other ways to, so, like for every problem, there are multiple solutions. And sadly, sometimes people get locked into finding a problem with the problem with the problem and then problems with the solutions and all they are are problem focused as opposed to solution focused. And exactly. what I'm gathering from you and, and that's as coaches, that's one of the things that's kind of our gig is to help be creative in sol solving whatever challenges mm -hmm. are going on. And um, what's so great is the team that you have as well. I've, I've met some of your team, I'm sure not all of them, but you, you have that synergy, you have that ability to have a conversation, have different viewpoints and, and then mm -hmm. be able to go, oh, okay, well, I see where you're going with that. Okay, let's, let's see where that goes and talk it out and just see what that's going to be so you could come up with new creative opportunities. Absolutely. Team is super important, you know. The more people you have on your team, I always like to say, you know, if I'm the smartest guy on the team, we're screwed. Yeah. If I'm, same thing. I've always said, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I need a new room. I like of my friends. Exactly. I like to say that I, I hang with brilliant people, you know, guys like you, but I am definitely not, you know, the, the smartest guy in, in the team. Now we all have our strengths and we all have yeah. genius to add. And I think that's, what's so important is to celebrate that to go, okay, Absolutely. I know where that strength is. I know who to call for X. I know who to reach out to, uh, for the, the different challenges. Sure. So sure. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you need to know your strengths, right? Uh, you know, as, as children, when we grow up, what are we always taught? Know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and work on your weaknesses so they become your strengths, right? I like to say, screw that, right? Find out what your strong points are. Focus on your strengths. Make those impenetrable. Make them like Thor, right? Make them like the God of Thunder. You know, these, is, these are my strengths. And then go find somebody else who's, strengths are your weaknesses 
And then you combine those two, and now you've got you've got an army of Thor and and, and people that are just you know. Well, you got the Avengers. High level. Everyone's got right. a different talent. Like you're all, but as a team, it's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 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 So that's what you got to look for in a team member. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And how do you vet a team member? Uh, so, so when I'm interviewing, for example, right? Um, like right now we're looking for a property manager. So on the, you know, I'll go look on LinkedIn, for example, and I'll post a job and it's like 20 bucks a day for the ad and whatnot, but I'll have them for the first thing I'll do is I'll have them, um, send me an email in a specific way. I'll say, you know what? I want the email in or, or a word document. I want it in time in times Roman numeral 16 point, right? 16 font. I want it in bold. I want it in red and I want 375 words. Okay. That's very specific, right? Because when you're hiring someone, the first thing you want to know is, can they follow your instructions to the letter, literally to the letter. And that's why I give them that hurdle to jump through. And it's amazing how many people don't even follow that. So when you're interviewing and you see people that haven't even followed, you can just delete them real quick. Right. Uh, then, you know, they got to have the same morals. They got to have the same values, the same work ethic. They got to be able to take, you know, I don't want someone who's just a team member or, or just an employee. I want it to be their own, right? This has got to be something that, that you live, right? So when I'm hiring a property manager, first of all, that person has got to be, you know, energetic. It's got to be up, right? They, they, they got to understand people because we're in the people business right now. Okay. I mean, not right now, but always. Yeah. So they got to be able to sell the property, be enthusiastic. They got to make the property like, like it's their own. And, and when they do that and the property succeeds, we then reward our property managers. We, we reward our team members. For example, I told one of my property managers, I said, listen, I need three months, right? The T3, I need T, I need a T3 of super low expenses and super high income. And she goes, okay, what's, what's the game here? I said, listen, if you do that, if you give me, she goes, I can do that by September. I said, all right, you give that to me by September. I'm going to pay for your two week vacation anywhere in the continental U S boom on me. Right. Because I know how hard she's working. I know how hard she's taken and it, and she's busting her ass to make, to do whatever it takes to make sure that our properties are up there. So why not reward her? Why not get her jacked? Why not get her even more motivated to go out and to succeed? Right? That's what we do. We, we, we motivate our team members to succeed and then everybody wins. Well, that is huge because so often a lot of companies, they're only focused on their profits, not on their people. And People run companies, people right. are, so when you can invest in your most valuable asset, which is your human capital, your team, have them give, get ownership. It's a game changer. Um, sure. So that is, I mean, that is huge. And I, I, of course, not surprised and expect nothing, nothing less from you, but I'm sure you've seen some of the, like you shared earlier, some of the, the organizations that don't think about, you know, the ecology of the organization that they're the ones that are struggling more than you are because they don't have the support of the organization because they don't have ownership. They're just collecting a paycheck. They're just looking to, 
you know, find an easier way. So when someone comes along and says, hey, we'll, you know, we'll pay you more to stay at home, someone goes, oh, that, that seems like a good idea. I, I'll right. do that instead of going, you know what? I'm going to feel like crap about myself. I'd rather earn a little bit less for the short term to have some pride in what mm -hmm. I'm doing rather than get an extra few bucks. Okay. And the, that will happen if the organization doesn't honor their people. They'll be like, you know what? I'm not coming back because I'm getting paid more. To Sure. Yeah. Sure. We, 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 we went through the hiring process and we hired someone. Um, and the first two or three days, she was already rallying up the other property manager and the maintenance person, not in a good way. Oh, okay. Right? The word legal was thrown out. Uh, are you allowed to do this? What do the other employees say about this? So when you hear these kinds of, you know, the, 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 this kind of tonality, this kind of mindset where, you know, and it's funny because she told the other property manager, because why are you loyal to these people? It was like, really? This is, you, you, this is your second day on the job and you're already talking like this. Wow. I told, I, I told, I told my property manager, I told my partners, I told my CFO, I said, I think this was the quickest hire fire I have ever done in my career. Right. Because, you know, once you hear, once you've got somebody like that, that's already saying these kinds of things and it's on their second day, imagine six months down the road, what they're going to do and what kind of, you know, attitude they're going to have, right? You're going to ask them to do something and they're going to tell you to screw off and now you've got to fire them and now you're workers comp and now you got to deal with all this stuff. Better to nip it in the bud, right? So now we're doing, you know, 30-day um, probational period. You're going to work as a freelancer, right, before we hire you, before we onboard you and all that to make sure that you and I and the whole team can work together and that you're in the right mindset because if you're not in the right mindset, you can't be here. Sorry, All right? Go sit at home and go catch that go catch catch that unemployment check if you're not going to be loyal to anyone, just yourself, right? So yeah. it, it, it's you, you got to be very very careful, right? So it's, you got to you know what, what is it? Fire, uh, hire slow, fire right, fast. Cool. Yep. Right. That's what you got to do. I I believe was it uh. Um, Zappos is the guy that the Zappos he offers when people come in and get the job, he'll be like, look, I'll give you like 25,000 not to take the job right? to kind of just get a, a feel for where they're at. Cause he doesn't want them, you know, and it's cheaper for him. He knows like, it's just crazy. People don't understand the, the cost of hiring people and that it actually is cheaper for him to just pay him 25 K to not take the job than it will be to hire them. And, you know, I know there's, there's more to, it. it's not quite that simple. Sure. I don't want people running over to Zappos and be like, Hey, give me a job so I can take 25,000. But there, there is that's a the mindset, right? That's the mindset, right? You can't hire someone that has that mindset. Well, that's short term thinking, right? Right. Give me a 25. Now I'm out of here. Right. Where's the loyalty? Whereas the mindset that you want to improve yourself, you want to be part of a team, right? So that whole mindset is out the door and you don't want that, right? You don't want that at all. That's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's the mindset is obviously what we teach. Like I know your mentorship program and, and all that. And from speaking with you, you just now, you're so clear that the techniques and all of the things like to be creative and all of that creativity is mindset. It's not technique. No, you know who said it best, right? I think, um, what's his name? Einstein. He said, imagination is more powerful than anything. Yep. Because from the imagination, we can create whatever it is we want. We can manifest just using our imagination, right? You got to believe it. You got to think it. You got to 
without a doubt, right? Right? The doubt the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, right? That's what that's what's written in the scriptures, right? Yep. So you, 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 it, it's all about the mind. You got to have an unwavering belief, knowledge, uh, expectation, if you will, that what you can imagine will come out, and then you just got to go do it, right? One of my one of my past mentors, um, he said it best. He goes, imagine, right, that there's somebody on the top of one of the Himalayan mountains, he's got a check in his pocket for $10 million. And then that check is made out to you. The only thing is, he's not putting it in the mail. He's walking all the way from the top of that mountain, all the way to you, wherever you are. So how long, however long it takes him to get to you, that's, what, that's how long you have to build your business to make sure that you are worthy of that $10 million check. Right? So it's, it's there. You just have to now go through the process and the steps to be able to be worthy and to spend the time to be able to receive that $10 million check. Amen. hundred percent. I remember uh, my mentor was Tony Robbins where, you know, I'm trained by him, worked with him for many years and his was Jim Rohn. So I did for Tony what Tony did for Jim. Mm-hmm. Jim mm-hmm. Rohn shared what his mentor Earl Shob Earl said was like, don't go earn a million dollars for the million dollars. Right. Go become the man to create the million dollars. Oh, absolutely. And again, it's all that mindset. And, and what I've found is the, like you talk about belief, all the interviews that I've done and all the people that I've spoken to, every millionaire has said to me, the first million was in fact the hardest, but not because of the work it took outside the work it took up here to believe that I could, that I was worthy, that it was possible. Mm -hmm. All of the inner work, the mindset work is where the challenges are, Uh, which brings me to, I guess, kind of what's going on right now, where people are at in their beliefs and how it's manifesting for their experience, right? Not, Mm -hmm. Not even getting into like, you know, spreading it thin, but just the person who has a certain belief about what's happening and their relationship with their experience. Uh, So polarized, right? You see some people who are like, hey, this sucks, but you know, we're going to have to figure out a way. There's things I can control, things I can't. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that, but I can't change all of that. I'm just going to be diligent. I'm going to ask the right questions and I'm going to figure it out. And then there are other people who are mad at you for doing that. Sure. Sure, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying, you have to become the person that um, is ready to uh, receive that million dollars, the success, right? And we see it every day. We see people going out winning hundreds of millions of dollars in the lottery. And what's the first thing they do? I went out buying a Ferrari. Yeah. Ooh, why would you do that? Right? Because they, they, they weren't educated. They weren't, they're not thinking like a successful people, right? Like a, like a successful person. So, you know, if you and I would win that $100 million, you know what? Maybe the on the phone 90... with you, kind of going, what project you got going? <laughs> exactly, right? The first $99 million, I'm going to invest it first. Yep. First. Yep. Then we take a million dollars and we go travel, you buy your but mother a house. everything is set up so that, right. you because, know, yeah, you, the Ferrari, all that's all nice and stuff, but that's fleeting. That's not going to, you know, but. Oh. It's, it's a depreciating uh, asset. Yep. 
And if, and if you know anything about anything, you know that you always want to buy appreciating assets. Now, is it wrong to go out and buy a Ferrari or a nice watch or no, there's nothing wrong with that, but you just have to have, you got to be able to make sure that you have the means to take care of that asset so that you don't end up in the, sh- in, in, in the shithole. Right. Just, yeah. Don't want to be living right. in it. Exactly. You know, you don't want to be driving around like a lot of these kids I see today, they're driving around in their Beamers and their Mercedes and they're all blinged out. But you know what? They're still living at home with mom and pop, right? They're leasing these cars. So they're paying four or $500 a month, right? For a lease. But yet they don't have a job. They don't have the mindset. They don't, you know, it, it, it doesn't exist, right? So you have to become the person first. And, and, and like you said, I don't teach people to go out and to get the money, right? Because then you'll be chasing your tail like a dog for the rest of your life. Yep. Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? And I learned this the hard way. I, I, I learned this living in New York City and growing up in New York City. It was always about the money. It was always about go get the money, get the money. Okay, so I went, I got some money. All right, I got money. Now what? Oh, go get more money. Go get more money. Go get more money. Go get more money. Like, when does it end, Right. So now what I teach my, my, my clients and what, I, what we work on is let's build a lifestyle. What lifestyle do you want to live? Do you want to have a nice house? Do you want to be able to uh, travel with your family while you're working? What is it that you want to have? Show me your lifestyle once you've reached success. And then we'll work backwards to building the business that will revolve around your lifestyle rather than creating a lifestyle that revolve around the business, right? And then we're going to work on the mind. We're going to focus so much on the mind because, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate, if you're in stocks, if you're, you know, Forex, crypto, whatever. If you're an engineer, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're a business owner, if you work for, your, uh, for somebody else. It's all about the mindset, right? You can come into a job and go, I hate my job. And you sit there and do the minimal, minimum amount of work just to get that paycheck, right? Then you've got somebody else who's got the same job and they're fired up. They come in every day, an hour early or half hour early. They stay an extra half hour, hour late. They fly through their work. They finish it early. They ask for more work. And then what happens? They get rewarded for that. Right now, you're supposed to get rewarded. If you're in a job where you're doing that and you're not getting rewarded, then you need to go find another place that values you and rewards you for for your you know for everything that you do, right? But it's it's all that, right? What do I have to? Who do I have to become to be able to achieve the success? It's not let me achieve success and then I'll become that person. It doesn't work that way. We have to become success first to achieve success, right? We have to have that mindset. And people say, well, you know, uh, Warren Buffett uh, puts on his, his, his pants, you know, one leg at a time, just like me. That's true. But what people don't know is that before he puts on his pants one leg at a time, he spends the first four hours of his day, right? While people are sleeping, he's up doing things that most people wouldn't even consider doing. Most people would never consider waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning to do an extra hour, two hours worth of work to get ahead of everybody. 90% of the people, 95% of the people would never even consider that. Really? You want me to wake up at four in the morning so I could do another extra hour of work? 
the hell? For what? It's not going to get me anywhere. It's not going to do anything, right? That's the, that's the broke-ass mentality, right? It's when you hear it all the time is, is when you talk to successful people, they will always share, like, man, I was doing, before I had the success, this is what I was doing. I put in the extra work. I took these risks. I did these investments. I did things that at the time, people, you know, my friends and all that, they were out partying and I was here building. And, That's right. you know, and, and That's unfortunately... Right all too often people only see the, the result and they don't see, and it's not celebrated the, 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 other work. Now, the work, the mindset, right. the efforts that are done because no one knows. Right. It's always, it's always, you know, I may, you know, I may get a lot of criticism for what I'm going to say now, but it's always the sheep mentality that goes, why would I do that? That's not going to work. That's that blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's the lions. Right, it's the wolves. So it's, it's it's the ones that go out there and 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 hunt and 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 know. You know what? No one else is going to do this for me. I got to do this on my own. I got to make sure that I provide that I do. You know, I don't have a fallback you know, plan. There is no plan A, B, C, D, E, F in in my business. Yes, right. You got to have those different. If this strategy doesn't work, let's regroup. Let's do another strategy and whatnot. But when I'm going out there and building myself, there's no, well, I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, I can always go to Starbucks. doesn't work that way, right? You yep. all know it. Well, right? Tony it talks about burning the bridges, right? That's what Washington did. And I believe, was it like Stalin or someone? The way he ran it was, he was like, here's the, the line, you know, there's the enemy. You come right. back with, this way? Over we'll this line? You. We're shooting you. Right. So you, you got no choice but that way. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's such a, an interesting philosophy because, you know, truth be told is that we're conditioned to things should be easy. We're conditioned right. that you, you shouldn't have to work so hard. And part of that conditioning, unfortunately, what people don't recognize is guys like you make it look easy because <laughs> you did all the work. So mm -hmm. now when the going gets tough, the tough can get going. When we get hit with these things, you get, you do your, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. And you're like, okay, I'm human. I came in now. What do I got to do? What do we got to do? Come on team. Let's get together and move mm -hmm. forward. And you make it look graceful and elegant because you've done the work. You already have the momentum up here to deal with the challenges. And, and that's, you know, that's brilliant. And that's why, you know, that's why I wanted you to share because like we need more exposure, more understanding, more people like you celebrated to go, yeah, it's not always going to be easy, but it is kind of simple. Going backwards, sitting on my laurels, putting my head in the sand is not the option. What we have to do is just be creative, ask better questions to get better answers, surround yourself with an amazing team and just keep mm -hmm. pressing forward, have a purpose. Absolutely. And, and, and never give up. Never give up. You know, like, you know, and, and I appreciate everything you said. And, 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 and the same for you. You make it look so easy, right? Because, yes, you're absolutely right. We've, we've, we've done the time. We've put in the mind. We've put in the work. We've, we've, we've worked on ourselves more than anything else and more than anyone else, right? Um, I, I, I constantly am, am working on myself, right? I'm not perfect. You know, I have, I have a wife. I have two daughters. I have a dog. I have a mortgage. I have friends. I have this, right? We, we're, we're always being put in situations that, 
oh, wow, you know what? I could have handled that a little bit better. Okay, make a mental note, right? Where a lot of people, they go through something and they yell at that kid and like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever, right? Or, or, or they do, or they make a mistake and they don't even think about what they did and how they could adjust and they just continue plowing forward and never taking the moment or the breath to kind of breathe in and say, hmm, okay, you know what? Maybe I was a little short. Maybe I was a little rude. Maybe I could have handled that differently. Next time when this situation happens, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a deep breath I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to let my anxiety and my stress just kind of flow out. And then I'm going to come from a place of peace and tranquility and, and, and go to that person with that mentality and with that mindset. And, and, you know, we're all human. We make mistakes, right? We all fail, right? The difference between people like you, Doug, and, and, and everybody else is that we understand we're going to fail. We don't take failure personally. We look at it. We say, okay, what didn't work? This didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work. Okay, good. What worked? That worked, that worked, that worked. Okay, we'll keep what works. We'll get rid of everything that didn't work. And let's figure, and let's, and let's move along, right? Celebrate what works and, and add what's missing. And that's it, right? And, and, but there's so many people out there, and I see it with my kids as well, you know. How old are your children? 11 and 13, going, going on 21. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, but, but think about it, right? And I know you have kids too, right? We have one, five-year-old. You have one, right? Now, let's think about this. When we, have, when we look even at little babies, infants, right? And they're trying to stand or they're trying to crawl or they're trying to, you know, they take something out and they want to put it in their mouth, but they put it in their eye and then they put it over here, right? What is that? That's Learned failure. Yeah. Failure, failure, failure. They go, you know, up until we're one, two, three, four, five years old, we're failing like crazy. And that's how we learn to walk, and that's how we learn to talk, and that's how we learn to run, and how, how to learn to crawl, and how to learn to eat, and, and understand is by failing. But for some reason, as soon as we put our kids in the quote-unquote educational system, then they start, oh, no, it's no good to fail. Oh, you got 10 wrong on your math problem. Oh, that's a big red zero on that. Yeah, sorry, man. You know, my daughter's come up to me, even in Montessori and private, right, where they're supposed to... You know, my daughter's, oh, look, daddy, I got two wrong. I'm like, no, you didn't. You got eight right. right. Yeah. You got eight right. I'm so proud of you that you got eight right. That's so awesome. Celebrate that. Celebrate what you got right. Doesn't mean that you ignore what you got wrong. Well, I, I, so one guy, he actually, the, the debrief of the day is with the family. How did you fail today? And celebrating failures. Mm-hmm. So that's that, beautiful. And, and there's a balance, right? Because you don't want to condition people to just get rewarded for failure exclusively. But yeah, to not demonize it, not to make it like right. there's something wrong with you. And and yeah, that's great. You got eight right. This is huge, right? Huge. And then now how can we support you? If you want to do nine or 10 right, then that's great. Right. Let's, let's see that. But let's build it like what you shared earlier. Brilliant. I mean, that's everything that we teach. You shared, you, if you screw up, you make, you reassess and come back in a state of peace happiness, gratitude, whatever those states mm -hmm. are, same thing when your daughter comes home, if she's feeling defeated for getting too wrong, it makes it really hard to build the momentum to the, have the confidence to take it to the next level. It's actually taking the mindset and going backwards and then expecting to get results of right. the mindset that doesn't exist. That's right. In that That's moment. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. You know, I, I, I went to my daughter's a school and she was at the time she was in it was last year she was in the seventh grade 
So they were making a project of, you know, they were going to make uh, pickles and they were going to sell them to raise money for school projects and things like that. Cool. So, I, you know, my daughter was, was coming home. Well, yeah, we're going to do this. And, and I love to make pickles at home myself. So I was, oh, you know, you're going to do this. How many are you going to make? What are you going to sell them for? What's the cost? What's, right? And the whole yeah. business thing, right? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, how do you know how many you need to make if you don't know what you're going to sell them for and what the cost is? And have you set any goals? She goes, nope, nope, nope. So I went and I emailed the teacher and I said, hey, have you set goals for the kids, for the businesses? Have you taught them? She's like, Oh no, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> really? You don't know how to set goals? You don't, you're not setting goals for the class, for the students? Yeah, I mean, it could have just okay. been arbitrary, make a hundred bucks, like just anything. Right? So I came in and I taught them. I oh, spent, wow. you know, a half hour, an hour on the board teaching seventh and eighth graders how to set goals, how to go backwards, how to do all this and whatnot. But it, it, it blows my mind how even a Montessori teacher wasn't, thinking about teaching them to set goals and to move forward and, and incentivizing them, right? Because when you have a goal and it's on paper and you can see it, this is what we need to do and this is how we're going to do it, you, you kind of don't even have to think anymore because you wrote it all down on paper yeah. and now all you have to do, what do we do with the recipe? We look at the rest, two <laughs> tablespoons of sugar. Okay, one, two, three tablespoons of flour. One, two, three, right? Two eggs, two eggs, right? It becomes sort of, stupid at that point, right? And that's what goal setting does. Goal setting takes everything from up here, puts it on a piece of paper, so you don't have to really think about the process, the steps and all that. You can focus on actual, okay, what do I need to do? I need to talk to 10 people today? Where am I going to find these 10 people? What, which 10 people am I going to talk to? What do I have to say? What's my goal for talking to these 10 people? Now you've got it written down. All you got to do is go out and do it. It's and then you can simple. get creative and go, oh, temp Ooh, why don't I just go to a restaurant? I can maybe mm -hmm. sell all the pickles in one shot because now you have exactly. a go, oh, now I, let me find the ecosystem that is going to support my right. outcome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's important to, you know, it's important to have, you know, to get kids from the right age to start thinking correctly. Right. And, and I saw a, a post on social media and I love social media for this because you have access it's like, it's like a huge freaking mastermind that goes on 24-7. You got all these people working and talking and doing and posting and whatnot that, you know, sometimes a little tiny thing could just blow your mind and go, oh, wow, I've never even looked at it from that perspective. No. So I was watching, I was, you know, flipping through my phone and looking at different social media and, and this one person posted, um, raise your kids like billionaires. Don't give them money for chores. But every time they finish a book, you give them money for finishing a book. I was like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I went to my 13-year-old girl, and I said, look, for every book you finish, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. She's like, what, really? And then she was like, oh, like, like uh, you know, one of these, like, children's books. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. See Sam run. A, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, socks and fox and fox and socks. No, no, not that, right? So I gave, I'm like, you got to, you know, read like books like Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know, for, uh, George Orwell, you know, really mind, you know, and, and, and it doesn't even have to be a self-help book, but, a, but an advanced book, right? You know, something that you, you know, something to feed the mind. Yep. Right. Something that'll just get you to read because, you know, I look at myself, I'm, I don't like to read. I wasn't taught to read well. I wasn't given books when I was younger that 
that that I enjoyed to read. You know, it was always the curricula books. Here, read this, read this, read. This. I don't want to read this. I don't want to catch her in the rhyme. What do I care about that guy, right? You know, who cares? But it, you know, so so I never was was trained to read well, and I never practiced well. So for me, reading it takes me a very long time to read a book because I read every single word one word at a time, and I'm like, wait a minute, what was that sentence again? And I go back and I read it again. So I'm very slow. You read with your ears? That's what I do. I audible. Sometimes, but but what happens with me on that is that I, you know, they'll say something on the book and I'm like, <laughs> going, man. And I'm like, wait a minute, shh, oh, damn, all right, rewind, you rewind, rewind back, right? <laughs> but now what I do is I give my daughter, so now she's reading Chris Voss, um, uh, Never Split the Difference, How to Negotiate as If Your Life Depended on It. Wow. 13 years old, she's reading this book. Do you think it could help her negotiating with us to get what she wants? Right. I want my. I want After she read the no, book, I started giving her forty bucks a book. <clears throat> I don't know what happened. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She started negotiating with me, right? But but that's but but again, that was a shift for me in the way I looked at my ways of doing it. And I said, "Wow, you know what? That's what I'm going to do from now on. Screw the chores. The chores are great. You know, you can do the chores. Continue, but I'm going to incentivize you to read, 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 read." Open your mind. Get that. Get those juices flowing, right? Because now is the time when you got to create those habits, right? When they're young, right? When when they're there, it's all about habits. You're either doing good habits or you're doing bad habits, right? It's one or the other, right? So you know what what habits are we are we feeding our children? What habits are we creating for our children? That's what we got to look at. And 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 also, so is beautiful. It's it's really valuable to also the the work that we do for ourselves. We by proxy also are leading by example. So absolutely, we pick up our children. Pick up that's just modeling. That's that's how Mm -hmm. how they do it. So we have to be very careful about the language we use, about the you know the declarations that we make about how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about the economy, how we feel about our job or our business Absolutely. or whatever it is, because mm-hmm. that is planting those seeds that you shared earlier that then can move a mountain or destroy one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so dealing in commercial real estate and whatnot, my daughters hear me always on the phone. Okay, that's four million. We got to come up with a million. We got to come up with ten million. Where we're we gonna get the money? Okay, we got to do this. We got to do that. So for them, growing up, hearing about millions and millions of dollars, to them it's like, yeah, what is that, Daddy? How much does that house cost? A million dollars. Okay, let's go get it. It's a million dollars, right? So, but 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 for them, you know. When, when, when they're older and somebody says, oh, you know what? We got to buy that building. It's $10 million. $10 million. My dad was doing that when I was five years old. Come on, right? It's, it's, it's a different mindset where, where you have someone growing up in a house where, oh, you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta watch our pennies. Let's cut coupons. Let's, you know, go, let's go with dad to work so, so he can make, you know, an extra 20 bucks. That's also part of the mindset, right? Yep. So now when you're growing up, you're like, oh, no, we don't have enough. We always have to cut coupons. I remember mom cutting coupons. I remember dad cutting coupons. And right? then that's what you now, do. Now, mind you, there are still families that have to cut coupons. I'm not bashing anyone. Well, look, there's nothing wrong right? with, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it, it, but if that right. becomes like a life or death thing, it, it does have an impact. Exactly. exactly. And, you can still cut coupons and still be, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Frugal. Um, frugal. Thank you. You can still be frugal but have the right mindset. 
right? It doesn't mean that you, if you're making a million dollars, you go spend a million and a half, right? right. If you're making a million dollars, man, go save two, three hundred thousand dollars, right? Then spend it on what you need, only on what you need, not what you want, right? And be frugal with your money, right? You got to be frugal with it. So it doesn't mean that just because you're cutting coupons doesn't mean that you don't have the right mindset, right? Sometimes we got to cut coupons and we got to save and we got to work those mindless bullshit jobs to get to where we need to go, right? right? And that doesn't change the mindset if you're having to, like, uh, we've all done it. Some part mm -hmm. in our lives, we've either, I mean, some people are doing it right now. They're having to go, oh, crap, you know, like, have to go get a job because my business isn't doing, and and by the way, that is amazing. Those are the people that need to be celebrated. Those people who are willing to do whatever it takes, swallow some pride, Mm -hmm. maybe, and show up. That's leadership. And and that is. They need to be celebrated for sure. You know, so like I said, I'm sitting here in my glamping resort, right? And we have a little private beach over here. And we had a tornado pass through here the other day. And there's, uh, you know, seaweeds and, and the whole beach is covered, right? Who do you think is going to grab a rake later and go rake that beach, right? Because my guys are busy doing the other things that they need to do. Yeah. So is it above me to go grab a rake and to go rake the beach? No, absolutely not. Is it above me to walk around my property and pick up garbage when I see it? Absolutely not. This is supporting the people that are, that are you know, taking care of everything, right? So you, 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 can't, you can't be better than anybody, right? Because once we have that, that mentality that, that I'm better than anybody, then we screw up, right? Um, because it's all about relationships, right? And, and, and what I like to teach my, my, my people, my, my clients, and, and, and share with people is, you know, we always hear, oh, we got to build relationships. We got to, you know, how can I build a relationship with someone real quickly? You know, oh, I don't like talking to people. I'm not, there's a, we forget that the, the number one most important relationship that we will ever, ever have is the one with ourselves. Yeah. If the relationship that I have with myself is terrible, well, like you said, right? I'm always telling myself how shitty I am. Uh, you know, why did, I'm so stupid. Why did I do it that way? Oh, I'll never be successful. Oh, you know what? Real estate is only for those people over there. You know, this is just for them over there. You know. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then, then, then you're not going to get anywhere, right? So we got to watch that, right? We got to watch that self-talk. We got to watch all that relationship with ourselves, right? We got to watch how am I... Right. Because if I'm talking nicely to people and I'm greeting them nicely and I'm getting dressed up for them and I'm being cordial with them. But then I turn around and I say to myself, I'm such a fucking idiot. Look at the way I look. My God, look at my hair. Look at my eyebrows. What am I? I mean, look at the way I look. Right. This is this is because then when I go out to someone and I'm trying to be, you know, just the opposite with them and, and, and nice and whatnot, people can see the bullshit through your eyes and they can hear it and they can smell it. You're, you're exuding the bullshit, right? But if I have a good relationship with myself, if I'm quiet, if I, if I appreciate myself, if I hold myself accountable, if I hold myself to a higher level, um, then people will notice that I respect myself first. Then they will come and then they will give me respect. I'll feel it. But if I don't respect myself, I'm never going to get it from other people, right? So it starts here first. 100%. Wow, thank you. I, I hate to end this conversation, but uh, I actually have another one coming up right now. Um, 
real quickly, how can people get in touch with you? What is, uh, is some information that you'd like to share to uh, reach out sure. and, and get to know you better? Well, you can find me on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, TikTok. Right? I'm the traveling investor on, on all social media platforms. You can also find me as Nitsan Mosery. Um, my email is uh, Nitsan, N-I-Z-A-N, at investwithcip.com. Or you can go uh, to um, my other email address is success at traveling-investor.com. You can reach me on those two. Um, I'm building my new traveling investor website. Um, so that's uh, www.traveling-investor.com. And um, yeah, my, my, my real estate website is www.investwithcip.com. And my phone number is 561-212-7247. So you can reach to me any, any of those ways. Beautiful. Also, we'll put that information in the, uh, in the text in the, the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, this, this episode was brought to you by Revolutionary Growth. And uh, right now, you can go to guidedhypnotic.com to get a free guided meditation. And with that being said, thank you so much, Nitsan. I look forward to more incredible experiences and shares with you. And uh, God bless you for all you do and uh, the people you, you are inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you, Doug. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you soon, man. Thank you so much. It's, been, it's, been, it's been awesome. Thank you. Talk to you in a bit. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.